Welcome to Soul Talk, a podcast founded and created by Monica Ramirez, the warrior of love. Soul Talk was created in 2020 when a pandemic hit and we were in lockdown. She wanted to have exciting conversations with open-minded people so they could understand different aspects of herself and she could help others in the same way. She interviews healers, coaches, therapists, psychics, readers, channelers, mediums, intellectuals, poets, artists, and more. She calls it Soul Talk because it started as a conversation from soul to soul. Hello, everyone. This is Monica Ramirez, the Warrior of Love, and thank you for coming back to Soul Talk. And today we have a very special invite that I had the pleasure to meet him in UCLA in Los Angeles in person. And uh, thank God he, he accepted to be in Soul Talk. I'm really, really excited for this, uh, that you're accepting my invitation for Soul Talk and how you here. I thank you so much, Monica. You are an absolute phenomenal human being and you're doing such great things with this podcast. Yes, Kelly Cardenas, he's a keynote speaker that I have the pleasure to be in one of his, uh, in one of his speeches that he gave over there in UCLA and in 4B's contributor, best-selling author, host of the top-ranking podcast, and we have to learn from him, and founder of CEO of the National multi, uh, Multi-Million Dollar Brand. And uh, Eli, tell us a little bit more about yourself, because many speakers know you, uh, many people that are uh, speakers know you, and many don't. So tell us a little bit more about yourself, please. You well, mind. I think I, I, I describe it as I'm a little kid um, who had a ton of encouragement, and was loved by both of my parents at at such a crazy level. Um, you know, I shared with you where they told me that I was awesome. Never com- compare myself to anyone. I was beautiful. Um, well, I was awesome. Separate myself from my ac- accomplishments. I was beautiful. Never to uh, compare myself to anyone, and that I could do anything that I put my mind to. But just because I was able to do it, didn't make it my purpose. And um, so I grew up in a military family. Um, we didn't have a ton of financial, uh, you know, success as people would say, but what we did have is that we had the love and encouragement of those two amazing individuals. And I believe that that's what really gave me the wings to just try, um, whatever it was that I wanted to do in life. Not everybody were so lucky as, as you were, uh, unfortunately, maybe the world will be a better place like you're making it. And, but uh, in reality, that was something that took you to where you are now. It was a pain or something. Usually we have ups and downs in life that take us to the person that we are now. What it took you here? Well, I think uh, when you talked about the pain part, uh, you know, we, we grew up, uh, you know, my parents got split uh, when I was in about sixth grade and it wasn't that they got divorced, but they got separated at the time. And, you know, so we were, you know, we had a little one bedroom apartment with five people. And again, we didn't have a ton of money, but we had a ton of love and encouragement. But at that age, at six, in sixth grade, you want to be able to have a little bit more money. Um, and watching my mom work for 16, 18 hours a day and not have enough energy to be able to pull out the, um, the hide a bed that she slept on in the front room because we only had one bedroom and my brothers and I slept in the, um, in the bedroom on mattresses put together with no box springs. Um, I remember thinking at that time that I wanted to make sure that my mom was going to be okay. And, uh, 
you know, I, and I didn't want my kids to have to go through everything that I did. And my dad uh, referred to it as this. He said that uh, his dad took it as far as he possibly could. And then he passed the baton to my dad. Well, my grandfather, uh, you know, I'm, I'm from of Mexican descent. And my grandfather was Mexican. So, you know, he grew up uh, picking fruit during the summer. And, um, you know, my dad worked with him during that time. And they they talked about businesses and they talked about entrepreneurship. But they never got, to, uh, my, my grandfather never got to experience it because he passed away at 44 years old. And uh, my dad, you know, talked about it his whole life. But, you know, he also had children very young and, you know, he got to see it later on in life. And, um, you know, but I, I believe that I have the baton now and I'm doing everything that I can to be able to pass it to my son and my daughter where they have a little bit better existence than, than I did, you know, and not to say I've had it bad. I mean, you know, I've been very fortunate, um, but I think it's a lot of the way that I've looked at it. Not that my circumstances have been great, but it's the way that I've looked at my circumstances because my parents raised me with the encouragement that they did and give me those three principles It really gave me wings that no matter what happened, if I got kicked in the head uh, in business or I closed a business, which I've done, I've, you know, I, I, you make a bad business decision, you lose a lot of money or whatever it is, then you still live to fight another day. And now I have a wife who's an encourager. And I'm just very, very fortunate to be around such amazing people. And my wife is an amplifier of everything that I do. And she believes in me more than what I believe in myself. That is very, very interesting. Something that I have noticed a while back, and I have, have a lot of conversations with many people about the two kinds of people that I observe in what I'm, and just in my experience, I can't talk, I cannot talk about the experience of someone else. That there's two kinds of people, the ones that the entrepreneurs, the ones that are going to be doing business and so forth, and the ones that they want to be employees or because they're too, they, they're employees because they're too afraid to actually not having a boss. Not the ones that want to leave, the ones that want to <laughs> leave, they, they're already entrepreneurs in a way or the other, but the yeah. ones that they don't want to let go of their job because who's going to be the boss? And uh, and you mentioned right now that your dad and, and your uncle were talking about that, uh, even if they do it or didn't do it, but at least they had the dream and they put that in you. And that's why, in a way, you look for that freedom, in a way, not having that boss. You become the boss, in a way, or living that dream. Why do you think, uh, actually, that happened? Because there's a lot of limitations for the people there. They hate their job, but they do not have the guts, actually, to let it go and start their own business and have that freedom. So, number one, <laughs> this, is, this is probably not going to be that exciting, but... Um, you know, owning your own business is for me, it's not freedom. It's, it's the fact that you, um, eat last, you get paid last and, um, you know, you stay until everyone's gone. So, um, you know, it's a joke on, on social media. <laughs> There's one guy that says, you know, I wanted to quit my nine to five because I wanted to be my own boss. And he's like, I didn't know that I was going to be working 24 seven, but I think it's, you know, in the event that you're going to go that route, um, you know, you've got to be doing something that you absolutely love and that you're uh, purpose to do. And that's what my mom had told me. And these three principles, the you're awesome, separate yourself from your accomplishments. You're beautiful. Don't compare yourself to anybody else's journey and that you could do anything, but just because you could do it doesn't make it your purpose. And this is a big thing with entrepreneurship because uh, I was just talking with the lady today 
And she asked me about, she asked me this exact thing. And she, it's, it's, it's interesting that we get to talk about it, Monica, because what she said was, is that, you know, there are, um, she said, how do you know? Like, how do you know if you need to be an entrepreneur? And I said, well, I do, I do a, a, a two-sided test, right? For entrepreneurs, like kids that come to me and say, hey, I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to be my own boss. I first ask them and I do a personality um, assessment. And I asked them, are you the person that lights up the room? Are you the person that, you know, adds a little bit to it, but you don't really light it up? Or are you the person in the corner that everyone has to come and talk to, to be able to get you started? And so do that self-assessment. If you're the guy who's in the corner, um, just be conscious of jumping out and starting your own business. Because when you do, most likely it's going to involve people. And if you can't engage with people, it's going to be very tough. Now, that's not in all of them. If you're the mid the mid uh, person that brings a little bit to the party, they bring a little bit, then you have a choice. And that's why we go on to step number two. If you're the outgoing person in the room and jumping around and things, or, and it's not even jumping around, but if you're that person that can connect with people, truly connect with them, and you don't have that fear, most likely it's a, you know, it is a good path for you to go to. But then I go to stage two and stage two is let's look at your discipline. Okay, because as an entrepreneur, you're going to have to be disciplined because no one's going to tell you to come to work. No one's going to tell you to go home. No one's going to tell you that the job is done or that, you know, or, or it's not done. And so I look at the discipline and I break it into four uh, areas. Number one, personal. Number two, professional. Number three, financial. And number four, spiritual. So and I, what I do is I ask them to grade themselves in uh, your discipline in your personal life. Okay, with your relationships, whether it be your you know, your significant other, your kids, all those things. Where's your discipline there? Do you hold yourself to a high standard in those areas? And I grade on one to 10, right? And then I go to the professional, uh, like right now in your job, do you honor your boss? Do you honor the company that you work with? Because I could tell you this, a lot of people, Monica, they leave a job because they say, I want to be my own boss, but then they end up working for a jerk, which is themselves. Yes. And so what they do is they end up taking what they did into what they're going to do. And the only common denominator is them. And that's the reason why they don't succeed at it. So I always say that uh, the way that you leave something is the way that you enter the next. So if you leave a job saying, I absolutely hate this job. This is the worst job in the world, worst boss. And I'm going to go and start my own company. Now you're starting with negative fuel. Now, if you're leaving that job to be, you know, to do something that you're very passionate about, you honor the boss, you you worked harder than they ever paid you, you honored them and honored the people around you. That's a good foundation to be able to start a company. The third one is the financial. Um, if you find yourself um, not honoring the the finances that you have and that you've made in the company that you're at and they're, you're ridden with debt or things like that, most likely entrepreneurship might not be the best thing for you. And then I look at the spiritual side. Do you see that the world's a lot larger than yourself? Do you see that serving others is going to be a, uh, bring a lot more increase than anything that you could do trying to serve yourself? And what we do, and I'll finish this thought, is um, we grade it on a, uh, on a scale of one to 10. Anything from one to four means uh, danger, <laughs> danger, right? Anything from four to seven in the mid grade and anything from seven to 10 is that you're elite in that area in your discipline. Now, if you find yourself in any of those areas, personal, professional, spiritual, or financial, and you're in, uh, if you find in the two of those areas, if you're below a four, I would suggest keep your job. 
and just serve your, your job at the highest level. If one of those areas you're in the, uh, you know, b- below a four, which is in the financial area, I would say danger, Will Robinson, danger and stay away from being an entrepreneur as, uh, you know, until you get that discipline and then you can move into it. I, I totally agree with you. It is not easy to be an entrepreneur being for a while. As an artist, as a, I had two art galleries and so forth, and it was not easy. Not easy, and uh, it is. You work 14 hours a day or 16 hours a day, or sometimes you go, when people tell me, why you don't wake up at 8 o'clock in the morning? I went to sleep at 6. So, <laughs> <laughs> don't ask me to be awake at 8 o'clock, you know. And yes, I totally understand that. And unfortunately, in many jobs, there's people there, the CEOs, and they don't know how to be leaders. And that's another another thing that happens, that they're abusive and there's so forth. And the people stay there because they have a need and because they don't they don't understand that freedom is not your right. And it's not um, having your own business is not a freedom unless you're really doing what you're supposed to be doing. And if you love it and if you love it, yes. It is a freedom. And you don't mind working 16 hours for yourself and maybe not getting paid that day, but it's going to come later on. That is the freedom. That's what I mean with freedom, not freedom of, oh, I'm going to have so many hours and I'm going <laughs> to enjoy it. Like how I met you in Los Angeles. Absolutely. It was amazing experience, amazing speakers. I learned a lot. I learned from myself and from other people. And I can give myself that time. And probably if I was working with someone else, I could not have that. Well, and I think that for you, I mean, being the spiritual warrior that you are, um, you can see it in you that you have those disciplines. And I didn't, it's not like I set out and I want to encourage everyone that's listening is I didn't set out and say like, I didn't take this assessment on myself, but I was just very fortunate that I had parents that, you know, had set those principles in line. So that way, you know, when a person like getting to meet you, Monica, like, I could see that you had that discipline. I could see that you had that passion and you were doing something that was in line with what you were purposed to do. And I just find that there's far too many people out there that entrepreneurship is really shiny, especially today. And it's a tagline that most people don't understand what it is. So they call themselves an entrepreneur, but they still have a nine to five job. That's not an entrepreneur. An entrepreneur is that in the event that you do not work, you do not get paid. And that is major. I mean, and to like, for me, I was talking with my friend the other day and he said something about entrepreneurship. And I said, well, you got to be conscious when you're utilizing that word because an entrepreneur never knows how much they're going to get paid on the day. Okay. And then I'll say it like this. We never know how much we're going to get paid on the day. Or if we're going to get money from there. (laughs) at all. Right. And so that part, I think that needs to be talked about because not many people are willing to talk about it. Yes, you're totally right. I, and sometimes we say, okay, this business did not work and we have to close it down. Like there are galleries that I have locally here. Like, okay, even if I'm an artist, let me paint from home and let me close these art galleries. And that's a top job also for entrepreneur when you need to know when you have to close down and let it go. Because it was not working for you. And there are many businesses that we can open or many ideas where creative people, to be entrepreneurs, one of the basis is you have to be a creative person. And if your creativity 
when uh, sometimes it's not working, you have to let it go. And that's the hardest part for entrepreneurs too. Right? Absolutely. Uh, yes. And, uh, and talking about a little bit about the culture, it is, which culture do you think? I have seen many different uh, ways that the culture have gone in different cultures, have different kinds of business. And that's the, the main thing. But why at the same time? Why uh, you find only Mexicans doing tacos? <laughs> I am Mexican too. Or why a lot of, of uh, at least locally, uh, Oriental people are doing nails, females, you know? Or why is why they cannot be doing other stuff the majority of being and being very successful at the same time. Why you know what I'm you know where I'm going with that question? It's hard Absolutely. to grasp the, the question for this one. But there is mm -hmm. a a division in that. And dreamers too in that way. Absolutely. I just think I think it's uh, you know, I talked about this the other day uh, with a friend because it's it's limited mindset. So when I was, uh, you know, but limited mindset comes from the lack of heart set. And when we have our heart set, it develops our mindset and will help us with our skill set. Right. But the heart set, I just uh, I was talking with a, a friend the other day, like I said, and, and I was in Utah and I walked into this home that's being built in our neighborhood. So there it's a new uh, development. And as they were building um I walked in and there was a guy on a ladder and he was on the very top, top, top of the ladder and he was reaching even further and he was on his tiptoes, not tied off. Well, when I looked at him, I thought he could get hurt real quick. And my dad was in safety and construction and my dad would have like called the, you know, shut down the whole uh, area. But the reason why it wasn't shut down is because he was Mexican. And the guys that are working and doing the work and doing this amazing craftsmanship are Mexican guys. But the sad thing is most of those Mexican guys who are doing the, the work and creating this craftsmanship are not experiencing the home or living in the home. It's generally owned by a non-Mexican person. So what, but the reason why I say this is because with my family being Mexican, most of the time people get into a mindset that that thing over there, that house, that neighborhood, or that business, or that type of lifestyle, that just isn't for us. And once we get to the point where we realize, like my mom said, that you're awesome, exactly who you are, your accomplishments do not define you. When you're, when you know that you're beautiful and you're not comparing yourself to anyone and you know that you, anything is possible, then you start to say, not I'm Mexican. So I do X, yes. but I'm a person. So this stuff is available. And I tell you, in my experience, Monica, in working with Mexican-American people, um, which are honestly some of the hardest working people in the whole entire world, the yeah. challenge for me was never getting them to work hard, was never having them to take ownership of what they were doing. It was to get them to a point to help them to understand that it's okay to be successful based off of how hard you work. Yes. And that is just a hard set. And once we get the heart set in line, the mindset will follow and the skill set, it's eminent. It will just happen. And something that I have noticed, uh, my first language being Spanish, being in the United States for 26 years, uh, something that I notice a lot, they tell me, okay, your first language is Spanish. How are you going to even going to write a book in English? How are you going to be a public speaker in English? How are you going to, because you cannot do that. Your English is terrible. 
And I'm very stubborn a woman, so I became all that at the same time. Why? Because I can do it. And if not, well, I will try to get better or learn how to get better. But many people, that's what they limit to because they're hearing all those programs from everybody else who forget about their family. Because like I mentioned at the beginning, not everybody has the same family as you. I hear exactly the contrary in my family. You're a woman, female, speaking Spanish, single mom. You know what? You cannot do anything. Just look for a guy that pay for the bills. Like, no, I'm not going to get that limitation. So I, I became everything that I wanted to. But many people, that's where they stay. And they think that they cannot do that. They cannot achieve whatever dream they have because all the limitations the society have put on them or religion or family or whatever. Mm-hmm. How we can shift my, my, I'm a transformational belief coach now. Mm-hmm. And, and I always battling with trying to shift the beliefs of the people so like that they can achieve whatever they want. And, uh, and not get limited by all those strong beliefs that they have about that. And I've been doing it. That's why I can talk about it more because, hey, just look at me. But it is not about look at me. No, look what you can achieve. And, but how we as a society can help to make that shifts in the minds of the people, because I believe that's what is more important, how we can help to transform and have and live it in the world that we really want to live. I, I think that it's uh, like my pop, my pop would always say like, how do you eat an elephant, right? How do you eat an elephant? Just the same way you do a chicken, just one bite at a time. So as opposed to looking at the society at large, let's look at ourselves as an individual. Let's break it down to the lowest common denominator, right? So as opposed to looking at society or the world, let's look at our community. Then let's not look at our community. Let's look at our city, then look at our town, then look at our neighborhood, then look at our family, and then just look at ourselves. And really what my brother taught me was, is that the only people that you'll truly have an impact on and that really matter are the people that are across from you at dinner. And it's, I stopped and I was like, no, but I speak all over the world and I speak to these companies and I speak to here and let's do all these things. He's like, no, the the biggest impact that you're going to have is right across the table. And that meant my son, Maddox, my daughter, McKenna, and my wife, Brooklyn. And see, there's only two human desires in everything, whether we're talking business or we're talking from a spiritual sense, or we're even talking from a, you know, like a belief in a, a, a mindset scenario. And again, I think a lot of times people go to mindset before they ever touch the heart set. And so the heart set, the <laughs> human beings have only two desires, two. And if you solve those two, You'll be successful in your business. You'll be successful in your relationships. You'll be successful in your friendships. And here they are. Number one, people want to be heard. They want to be heard. And number two, they want to be seen. And then we have to ask the question, how can that happen? Well, to make someone feel seen, Monica, you have to let them know of things that are specific, like you and I spending time at UCLA and the impact that you had on me on that day. Your encouragement to me made me float home all the way on my drive. And when I say that, I've got to say it publicly. That's why I want to tell you on the podcast tonight, because I need to tell you that publicly because other people need to know how just how special you are and for you to know the specific things that I saw. 
Now you say, oh, wow, he sees me. I feel seen. How do I help you to feel heard? That means that I got to ask questions and then I got to shut up and I got to listen to you. And the way that you know that someone listens to you is when they take the information, they apply it to their life, and then they bring you back the results. And so as, as leaders or as CEOs or as just, you know, a husband in a relationship, to help your wife or husband, I'm going to say wife because my wife, to help her to know that she's heard means that I have to ask questions and then I have to hear her advice. I have to apply it and then bring it back to her and thank her for the amazing results that I got from her amazing uh, uh, advice that she gave me to make sure that she is seen and feels seen. I've got to let her know of the great things that she does on a particular day. I've got to say them in front of friends and family and help her to realize that every single day I'm looking for the great things. And I tell you, once that happens in a relationship or in a business, now you take the, I mean, you take all the brakes off. You put wings on every single person and now people feel completely safe. I love that answer because you're so right. And I have not seen that part. It is, I love it <laughs> because it is. That's one of the main things that uh, I believe. There is a one more that I will add there. People want to be loved. The, the third one. Because we, everybody is searching for that one too. I will appreciate it. Let's put it in a work. If they don't love you, at least they appreciate you. Mm-hmm. In so many ways. But I, I, I do love that answer. Wow. This has been amazing. I really love this. Welcome. In choosing to be part of this group, you have said yes to yourself. You've chosen to confront those limitations keeping you from achieving the life of your dreams. Monica Ramirez, Warrior of Love, is a transformational belief coach. She's a psychic channeler, certified NLP, life coach, BQH, that is hypnotherapy, Akashic Records reader, public speaker, writer, and artist. She works with many modalities and has created her own, like this one, to help you let go of the limitations and achieve the transformation you desire so you can anchor your emotions that you desire. Monica will be hosting a new session every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Central Time, leading the group through a guided meditation then proceeding to work with people individually. So join Monica here in this free journey by joining the Zoom link. How do you think, uh, in a way, yes, we, we bring impact to our family first, our kids, and those are the ones we are trying to educate or show and show them with, with actions so like that they can be different and show up to the world in a different way. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but there's, uh, there is another way that they can also, we can impact people beside our family, beside of keynote speaker or with our podcast or with our books and so forth. Do you think there is another way that we can impact more people? Because there is limitations in everything. And uh, Well, for me, I think that it, it really, it has to start at home because, you know, all of us have seen the keynote speaker who drops absolute wisdom on us and then they come off a stage and they're not the same person as what they were talking about. Yeah. And then we see their relationship 
And I, I just talked with a guy the other day that, you know, he was saying that he's uh, working on some leadership things. And then he, in the uh, same breath, he talked about all the challenges that his son and him were having and that how his son just, you know, was not, uh, you know, performing to the level that he wanted him to. And I thought, you're teaching leadership, but you're the, the one that we, it means the most you're lacking in that area. And I'm not, it's not from a judgment standpoint, but what I want I want people to know is like, honestly, the, the greatest impact that you can have really is on your family and on the people that are closest to you. And if you do that, it can reverberate and the rest of the ripple effect can happen. And so, and this is just a desire for me and it's not telling everyone what to do, but a desire for me is that I, I become the same in the dark as I am in the light. So if you catch me on a Tuesday at seven o'clock, it's not going to be on Kelly or off Kelly. It's just going to be Kelly. And that's the thing that is hard for us to do because a lot of times we think that we need to show up in a certain way and we need to have this massive impact everywhere. But what's crazy is when you start impacting your family, when you start loving your wife, when you start loving your kids, those kind of impacts, like you can't stop that from impacting the world. You cannot. And that's a part that for me, and this is just, again, it's just, it, it's just myself. I'm not giving advice to other people, but I'm just saying with myself, you know, if I impact thousands of people, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, but my son is suffering because of it, I really have to rethink my, my, my strategy. Um, so I think that impact your family, love on your family, love those who are closest to you and everything else will work itself out. I, I do agree with that. Tell us a little bit about your podcast and the name of your podcast and what are you doing in your podcast? Because maybe many people want to also to listen to you. Well, they want to come on and listen to people like you. So I have, uh, it's called Attitude Determines Altitude. And it's, you know, I thought for so many years, Monica, that this stuff that my parents were saying, and my mom would scratch my back and she would say that, you know, you're awesome, you're beautiful, you can do anything. And then my dad would say to me every day, you're the greatest son, so act accordingly. And these are things that I thought were normal and that everyone had. And so I thought it's not really that special. And then when I started to share it with people, I realized that there's so many people out there. Like, it's crazy because when I go and work with organizations or I go and speak to a company, they ask me to help them with their culture because 99% of challenges in businesses is because of the culture in the organization. And when they ask, how do we fix the culture? How do we fix uh, bottom line profits? I ask them for access to the people. And then what I do is help the people to realize that they're awesome, they're beautiful, and that they could do anything. And once you empower the people, then the people build the business, right? And so that that was the uh, the premise of the the podcast. And I started it because of my kids. And I wanted my kids to see the most iconic people in the world, like the Monicas of the world, are not superheroes that you are a human being with a phenomenal attitude and crazy work ethic. And then I have every one of them give advice to my kids by name. Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. I started my podcast because I wanted to have amazing conversations. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, it is funny how, how podcasts actually now become a norm. Many people stop listening and watching TV and they start hearing podcasts. And in a way, yes, that's one 
perfect way to be creating, changing the world. Well, it, it's been a it's been an amazing uh, you know journey. It's been one of the coolest projects uh, that I've ever done in my entire life. And being able to be with people like you, you know, I mean, you are an absolute master at what you do, and it's such an honor to be able to share uh, time with you. I'm going to be sharing his link of his podcast so you can go and listen to him and, and actually listen amazing people with Kelly. Uh, so like that is actually. It might help you. It might help everybody and any great conversation with amazing people. Kelly, and uh, tell us also, I would like to know a little bit about the your founder or CEO of the National Multimillion Dollar Brand. What does that mean? Well, I put that I put that in there because there's there's admissions to the park, right? If you go to Disneyland, you have to have a ticket. And there's a lot of people who want to know about past success or things like that. We built salons throughout the country. I was in the professional beauty industry for uh, for about 30 years. And we recently sold all our salons, but we created um, you know million-dollar locations all over the country. And we did it in uh, about 11 to 1,200 square foot, uh, zero walk-in business, zero marketing dollars. And we did it with 19 to 24-year-olds. And people said that you had to market or you had to do all these things. And we didn't do it. We invested in our people. We invested in the relationships that our people had with each other, and we never, ever, ever focused on customer service. We only focused on the true relationships of the people that were working inside of our company. And what we wanted to do was grow leaders. And what was so cool is a couple years ago, one girl who started with us at minimum wage and became in uh, about four years, she became the top earner in our entire company. And then another girl who took a 50% pay cut to come and work with us because she believed in what we did. Um, those two ended up buying the company. And so for us, you know, in, in those things, it helped me to realize that building a million dollar business, um, was nothing more than a little over $3,700 a day on a five day work week. And again, so think about this, let's round it up to 4,000. Okay. So $4,000 a day in an eight hour work day, in an eight hour work day, you only have to produce $500 per hour. So $500 per hour, if you had 10 people working, that would be $50 per person. And so again, here's an elephant of a kid growing up in a 35,000 person town. I didn't even, I couldn't fathom a million dollar business. But then when I realized that it wasn't focusing on the million dollar business, just like we wouldn't focus on the elephant, we just focused on one bite at a time. And so we focused, uh, we broke it down to the hour and then we broke it down to the, the individual. You could even break it down to the minute. And when that happens, then we go back to when we were talking about the Mexican culture of which I am, then we start to say, well, this stuff is possible if I can do this one little thing. So I would suggest to every person out there, as opposed to thinking about, oh, I'm going to go out and I'm going to kill it. I'm going to kill it. Just injure it slightly every day. Just kick it in the knee. So when you set these big, huge, audacious goals that people tell you to do all the time, honestly, throw those out the window. Think of it as inch stones. Don't think of it as milestones, inch stones, and celebrate every one of them because you're exactly where you need to be. Because guess what? If God had you to be someplace else, don't you think he's big enough to have you there? So revel in the place where you are right now. Stop living in the future because that's going to create uh, anxiety. Stop living in the past because that's going to create depression. Live in the present where you can truly have joy in your heart every single day because you've fallen in love with your current circumstances. 
Oh, I love that. There's future plans uh, for another big industry like that in the beauty. In the in the beauty side, no. Um, I you know we're focused on the podcast. I'm focused on the uh, the speaking uh, side, and you know really helping people to grow cultures and leadership. And I I find that you know for me, um, I we start with helping people to become leaders themselves of themselves, and then they can lead in an organization. But they have to be filled up. And when you fill people up, right? And my dad always said this: there's only one business in the world and one business only, and that's the people business. And if you take the people out of the business, you have no business at all. And yeah. so the thing is, is if you can build the people and then allow the people to build the business, then it takes the pressure off the owner or the CEO to have to be the all-knowing. Simply start asking the right questions of the right people and you'll get the right answers. Those are great tips. Those are great tips for, it doesn't matter what size of the business you have. It, it will help everybody and or even your sole proprietor and you're the only one running it absolutely and i think that you know monica i think one of the big things is is as opposed to trying to manage the culture that grows on its own why not set parameters and and be intentional about the type of culture that you create and so you know, for me, this is this is what we did. You know, that's why I, what I wrote my book on, which is the six indicators for business and life. And, you know, it was how to people talk about culture, but they don't talk about how to construct it. And so we went through and constructed a culture. We construct helped you to be able to manipulate the vibe. We looked at your processes and procedures, and then we looked at your productivity, your innovation, and then your ability to adapt immediately. And outside of those six indicators, I haven't found anything in business or in relationships that wouldn't be solved by looking at them. They're not the answers, but they are the indicators to help you to know if you're on track or not. How you make people actually in, combine their cultures and get along. <laughs> we have a big problem in the United States about that. Absolutely. Is- well, I, I, I think it's about uh, you know what, what we refer to as speaking life. And so if you speak life, like, like I said, Monica, I, I think that you are such an, a phenomenal podcast host. You're such an incredible artist. Like if, if anyone out there listening to the podcast right now, if you haven't got to experience her art, um, it's unbelievable. Like it blew my mind. I almost fell over at lunch when I saw your art. And, but you need that life breathed into you every single day. And when that happens, what happens is, is it breaks down the walls that you put up or we put up as humans around us to protect ourselves. And we instantly become vulnerable. Once we become vulnerable, then we can grow. But most people are inside of a shell because they have been, they have impacts from people in their lives, their moms, their dads, their uncles that has not been touched Right. So they have an impact like an uncle was nasty to him or an aunt was nasty to him, a mother or whatever it was. And now that person puts a shell on and says, I'm not going to allow you close to me because you might hurt me. The way to break those walls down is to simply breathe life and speak life into someone. And it's two components. Number one, you have to use their name. And number two, you have to say something very specific, because if I said, Monica, you're awesome. You're always great and you're so incredible. It doesn't mean anything to you because it was so vague. But if I get specific and say, when we were at UCLA and I got to see your art and I looked at it and literally I almost fell off my chair because your art is that good, that hits. And now you start to feel safe. 
And if I do that over and over and over again, and I start to recognize the things that you're doing on a day-to-day basis, and I'm asking you questions as opposed to try and tell you all the things, now what starts to happen is your shell starts to break. And once your shell starts to break, then Monica gets to show up. And when Monica shows up, her superpower is on display. And when your superpower is on display, you're a superhero. But there's no superhero outside of Batman that doesn't have superpowers. And when you take the superpowers away from the super, uh, superhero, they just become a human. But what my job is always is to find the superpower in the person, celebrate it at the highest level, and then allow them to be a superhero. And imagine that. My pops told me in, uh, you know, to draw out the best and the worst in people is just to be the dumbest person in the room. Ask questions. And you do this at such an amazing, I mean, you are one of the most intelligent people I know, Monica, and one of the most talented, but you have a show where you ask other people questions. You're, all your listeners could just tune in and just listen to Monica for an hour, but you choose to give other people the platform. And that is where the strength is because other people feel seen. They feel heard. I feel that way tonight. You have made me feel like I'm loved. You make me feel like I'm important. And because of that, I want to give you every single thing that I can and give you my superpower. And imagine if you lived around a bunch of people who were just willing to give you their superpower, then you would only have to be good at being you. And that in that place, you get a hundred percent score all the time. And that is the easy one. Just be you because you don't have to remember how it was the last time with that person. <laughs> <laughs> you will forget. That's what lies never work. <laughs> Thank you so much, Kelly. I really, really appreciate uh, my invitation to Soul Talk. I really, really appreciate it. And uh, do you have any last words that you would like to say to the listeners? Well, I just want to, I want to thank you. You know, I want to thank you, Monica. um, And also to anything that I say, my friend told me it was a hand in the sand. And hand in the sand means that you scoop your hand in the sand and you lift it up and whatever falls through your fingers, you just let it go. And whatever stays in your hand, that was for you. So if there's things that I said that you said, nah, that doesn't work in my life. Okay, cool. Let it fall right through your fingers and don't worry about it. If it hits home with you, then utilize it. And for all of you out there, I'm not, again, like when I talk about something, I'm not trying to say that, hey, you need to do it like X. I'm just saying I've made a lot of mistakes in my life. I've made so many mistakes, but I continue to write them down and then they become systems or a little roadmap or the person coming behind me so they don't have to experience the same exact thing. Yes. Unfortunately, the majority of the people we learn from our mistakes and not from our successes. So if we become wise, it's because we did a bunch of mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. And, uh, and thank you, everybody, for listening to us. If this helped you, please share it with your friends. And uh, I will appreciate the reviews. Thank you so much, everybody. Thank you for being in Soul Talk. Thank you for joining me today. I would love to share with you my transformational system, Path to the Heart, that I created just for you. Head over to monicaramireswarrioroflove.com and you will find free resources. In there, you can download a masterclass in how to stop being people pleaser and meditations to get you started.